Welcome to the Journey Home Podcast. Life is full of twists and turns, and sometimes we get stuck or lost along the way. Our desire is to be a friend and resource to anyone who needs a little wisdom, advice, or encouragement on their journey. But most of all, we want you to know you're not alone. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hey friends, welcome to a special episode of the Journey Home Podcast. I asked Chris if we could make this episode together because after recording my last Motherhood Minutes episode about teaching kids about tithing, it still felt a little bit incomplete. Chris has honestly taught me a lot about tithing and generosity since we got married, so I wanted to do an episode together so that you could hear his thoughts on it too. So Chris, I wanted to ask you, why is tithing important to you? So the first reason why it's important to me is be just out of obedience to the Lord, right? Like I believe that the Lord um, calls us, commands us to be givers, to tithe. And um, I know not everyone agrees with that. I think I know some people, there's some debate, you know, if, if tithing is just an Old Testament thing and it's not for the New Testament. And I don't want to get into a whole debate or teaching about it, but just really quick, I mean, just to make my super brief case for New Testament uh, tithing is, um, you know, Jesus says to the Pharisees, you know, he's it's in the context of him rebuking them, but he says how they will be so diligent to tithe and yet neglect what he calls the weightier matters of the law. But it's interesting as he makes that statement, he doesn't say like, oh, tithing is not important. You shouldn't worry about that. You should just worry about these other things. He says you should have done both. You should have done the weightier matters without neglecting the, the, the basic matters of tithing, you know. And so I believe that Jesus, you know, doesn't do away with that um Old Testament commandment to tithe, I think he calls us to continue in that spirit and in that spirit of generosity. And then, like, you look at the believers in the book of Acts, um, I mean, New Testament believers, and they are, some of them are selling their houses, selling, you know, pieces of land that they own, and they're giving all of the money to the apostles. I mean, I've been blessed, you know, in my life to know uh, many generous people, but I can't think of a single person or even story that I've heard of someone doing something like that. I'm sure it, it's happened, but I just personally don't know anyone who's ever done something that extravagant. And so, you know, you could even make the argument. I mean, I think some Christians today are struggling to even meet that Old Testament standard, but you can argue that the New Testament or the New Covenant calls us to an even higher standard of giving and generosity. And really, like, you know, as I'm saying all this, I think it's important to even take a step back and put it in even a broader perspective because, you know, it's not just that God commands us and calls us to be givers, to be generous, but we also have to understand that everything we do, not just in finances, but in everything, it all starts from him, right? Like it, it's all, everything's from him to him and through him, right? And so, you know, even this call to generosity, well, it's it's because he's generous, right? It's because he's a giver. That's why he calls us to be generous and he calls us to give. It's partly because we are called to reflect who he is, but also because we it's a response from our, our hearts in response to the 
grace and the generosity that he's given to us. You know, if God has blessed us with a job, if God has blessed us with finances, then, you know, we have a choice. We can just choose to keep all of that for ourselves and spend all of it on ourselves and our families, which again, like that's understandable, of course. Um, but we have a choice where we can choose to set aside a portion of that, um, 10%, you know, could be a little, could be more than 10%. But, you know, as I said, I believe in tithing. And so, um, but whatever you believe, you know, you know, you can set aside a portion of that to give it back to the Lord and to the work of the ministry, you know, whether it's giving it to your church or to some other ministry or, you know, missions or, or something, giving it to the poor. You know, these are all ways that we can um, choose to give back out of the abundance that God has given us, you know? And so um, I think that's really important to remember that our generosity only comes because he's generous. Um, I think that's important to remember because otherwise it can just feel like an obligation. It can just feel like this duty that we have to do, but it can become really joyless. And I think that's why, you know, the Bible calls us to be cheerful givers. I, I don't think it's just like... Um, you know, I don't think it's just to say like, well, have a better attitude about it, you know, suck it up. You know, I don't, I don't think that's exactly what it's talking about. I think, you know, I think what it's saying is that if we are able to give with a cheerful heart, then that actually reveals that we're doing it um, out of out of a response to the goodness of God and the graciousness and the generosity of God and all that he's given us. I think that is the right perspective. And when we keep it in that proper perspective, then giving does become a joy. It becomes a privilege. You know, if you're listening and you've always thought of tithing or giving as like this burden that, you know, you know, you're commanded to do, but you don't really enjoy it. <laughs> you know, I would challenge you that, um, that maybe your perspective you know, you need to change your perspective or broaden your perspective um, because it really is a joy. You know, it is better to give than receive, you know, um, that, that's also in the scripture. And that's again, I don't think it's just telling us to have a better attitude about it. I think it truly there truly is a blessing in giving because then, you know, we are um you know, we are being like God. We are experiencing what God experiences. We are partaking in his nature when we become givers. And it shows, in my mind, it shows that, you know, the 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 work of God in our life has almost come full circle because now we're not just um, trying to receive blessing from God, but we also are participating in being a conduit of his blessing to others um, through our giving and through our generosity. Honestly, as you're talking, I'm feeling reconvicted about giving and tithing. I just remember um, why I wanted to ask you more about this is because when we first got married, I did tithe, but I remember when we first got married, we got all of our wedding gifts and you wanted to tithe from our wedding gifts. And I was just like, ouch, why? Like, like oh, we're yeah, already... Yeah. It, it wasn't easy, trust <laughs> me. It, it wasn't, it was ouch for me too. But I think you have always challenged me to even go beyond just the tithe and generosity. And that's something I have loved and appreciated about um, you and since we got married. And it's funny because I think 
through the years, I've seen us even be kind of like a seesaw where like, you know, one day one of us is feeling super generous and the other is like, uh, heck no, we have some, some things to pay off or like some this to buy or this that we need. And I think that time and time again, the Lord has been faithful to use the other, um, one of us to balance each other out where, you know, one of us is feeling super generous. The other's like, no, but then we push the other person to generosity and vice versa. Um, because it, it literally is always like that. Like one of us is like, I feel convicted to give up into this or give to this fund or give to this ministry. And the other's like "Eh," a little dragging our feet. But then the Lord uses the other one to just be like, no, it's okay. Take that little push of faith. Right. We'll be okay. Mm -hmm. The Lord, the Lord is always taking care of us. Yeah. 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 Just to be fully transparent for our listeners. Like, I don't want to make it sound like we are, you know, we never struggle or we never wrestle or there's never that, you know, oh, I don't really want to, you know, make that payment or that donation. Like, you know, like. You know, the Bible says that the Lord loves a cheerful giver, and we try to do it do it that way, but I, we would not be f- fully honest if, you know, we painted this picture like it's never a struggle. You know, there there are many <laughs> times where I look at our budget and I say, do we really have to tithe? You know, like that 10%, you know, that's that's not a small amount of money, you know. So, so yeah, I mean, it's something that we have to sign up in our hearts for over and over again but i just think you know over time we have seen the the wisdom the 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 hidden wisdom um of it you know in the lord's word and um and how the lord really is faithful to honor you know his promises as it relates to giving and finances so um something i just wanted to share about is the other night when after I recorded my Motherhood Minutes um, video about uh, teaching our kids how to tithe, that night I went to bed asking the Lord, like, Lord, is there anything else you want to add to my video? And I actually woke up in the middle of the night from a dream. And in the dream, I knew the Lord wanted to talk to me about my video. But the only phrase that I actually remember from my dream is this. And it was the Lord talking to me almost in a little frustrated tone, not angry, but just kind of like frustrated, like baffled. And what he said to me was, people are looking for Robin Hood, but they have me. And I woke up like kind of stumped because I've never seen a movie about Robin Hood. We do have this one little homeschool book about Robin Hood that I was looking for in the morning, but I couldn't find it. So I was just praying more into this phrase, people are looking for Robin Hood, but they actually have me. And so I was asking even Chris to unpack some thoughts of what he thinks maybe the Lord might have been saying through that phrase. So Chris, what are some of your ideas? Well, the first thought that came to my mind is that, um, you know, Robin Hood in the story, he's someone who steals from the rich and gives to the poor. And so, you know, um, there's some interesting ethics involved there, but let's leave that aside for a minute. Um, But I think, you know, if you're in a situation where you're in a financial need, um, you know, and maybe you see yourselves as the poor in that story, right? Whether you're actually poor or not, you know, uh, but you see yourself as someone in need and maybe you're hoping for someone to come and help you out or rescue you or whatever the way that Robin Hood did. Um, 
you know, but the interesting thing is Robin Hood is a fictional character and, you know, you know, the Lord in, in saying a statement like that, maybe he's, um, you know, challenging his people that, you know, Robin Hood's not a real person. He's a fictional character, but, but the Lord is a real person. And maybe we, as his people don't realize how very real and how very present he is in our lives or wants to be in our lives. And maybe we don't think he is capable or wanting to help us in our situation, you know, for a number of reasons, we can believe that. Um, but, you know, in my experience, that's not who God is, you know, and maybe you are even condemning yourself because maybe you think you've made some poor financial choices and that's how you ended up in your situation. But that's the amazing thing with our God is he's so gracious and, you know, he treats us way better than we even deserve. And so even if you have made awful financial decisions and it's put you in a tough spot, like that's what repentance is, you know, that's what grace is. That's what mercy is for, you know, like you can repent and you can, you know, tell God, you know, he understands. And I believe that he does want to help his people, um, even in the direst of financial situations. So that's just one thought. I don't know if you have any thoughts, Eunice. Yeah, I guess initially when I woke up from the dream, I thought of like Robin Hood and like how maybe some of us are searching for like a mythical character to bail us out and take care of us. But the Lord is saying like, do you guys realize who I am? You know, that I'm real. And I think that's something that I've had to learn over the years in terms of just like a scarcity mentality, a comparison mentality, and even like an orphan spirit over the years is like, you know, a lot of times when we're comparing ourselves to others or we're seeing how the Lord blesses others, even just on social media or something. Or how know? we think the Lord is blessing right. others, right? How it appears. Yeah, totally. And and so then we get in this comparison mentality. But I think the, the thought that the Lord time and time has challenged me in is, Eunice, do you know that there's more than enough? And, you know, I just want to share this scripture again that I shared in my last um, video, but it's Psalm 37, 25. I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. And I think something the Lord time and time again challenges me with is, do you believe that I am the same God of the Israelites? Like when the Israelites were in the desert, do you believe that I can provide manna for you and your children, you know, and your family? Do you believe that I could provide clothing for you that would never wear out? You know, do you believe that I'm the same God um, in the Bible where like, you know, Elijah and the the miracle with the oil multiplying is like, do you believe that I am the same God? Or then, you know, going, mm -hmm. you know, in the New Testament where Jesus even, you know, that scripture where um, they're paying the tax and a coin shows up in the fish's mouth, you know, the Lord would even provide for our taxes and things like that. And so the thing that I think the Lord constantly challenges me in is Eunice, are you going to overcome that comparison, that scarcity mentality? Do you know that in my kingdom there is more than enough? Like you can never outgive me. And it's those um, conversations I have with the Lord that really, I think, change my heart from 
a grudging heart to giving to giving cheerfully you know and and seeing wanting to test and see how the lord is good and you know like he says you know in malachi is like you know can you test me in this you know and 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 to see it's kind of like a spiritual experiment in our life like like can we outgive the lord is there any way to outgive the Lord? And honestly, obviously the answer is no, but like, do we really believe that in our own hearts for our own lives, for our own families? So that's kind of some thought I have based on the Robin Hood analogy. (laughs) Yeah. And I think another, another layer to it or possible layer to it that I've thought of, um, is that, you know, it's a, the phrase was that, you know, people are waiting or looking, was it waiting for Robin Hood, looking for Robin Hood? Yeah, looking for Robin Hood. And I, I just know from my, you know, my experiences that, you know, sometimes when you are um, in, you know, in a tough financial spot, it's easy to get passive and, you know, just kind of like, you know, even fall into like daydreaming, you know, like just, you know, waiting for some fantasy situation like you you know you're going to win the lottery or you're going to win some contest you know like where you're just gonna you know get all this money out all of a sudden and you know i think that can be a trap you know of course that can happen but you know it's those kind of circumstance uh situations are very rare i think in life i think you know i think if we are looking for the lord to break into our situation um, that doesn't mean it's passive necessarily like i think there's our part that we can do, right? Like we can, obviously, if you've lost a job, like you can be looking for jobs and, you know, you can work hard and be willing to work hard and and all those things, you know, just to be clear, we're not advocating just some kind of passive waiting and then just hoping that the Lord, you know, miraculously sends you a big check. You know what I mean? Like um, there's things you can do. And, 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 you know, especially in, you know, in, the situation that a lot of people find themselves in right now, you know, you know, 2020 with the pandemic and with lots of other things going on, you know, you know, we want to be sensitive. Like we know that a lot of people out there are unemployed right now, that there are people who have lost jobs. There are people who are struggling financially. And so, you know, just to be clear, we are not like condemning you. We're not blaming you for that. Um, You know, and obviously you have, we all have to own, if we've made mistakes, we have to own our mistakes, but, um, but we're not trying to to blame anyone. But at the same time, we don't want you to fall into that trap of passivity. Um, I think one thing we've learned is that, um, you know, there is a reaping and sowing, you know, the scripture talks about that principle and it doesn't only relate to finances, but I do believe it relates to finances and, you know, I'm not trying to get you to think of God as like this, you know, this cosmic, you know, slot machine or something where, you know, you, you, uh, you put some money in and you hope for a big payout, you know, like, I think I've been tempted to think of it that way. But, but at the same time, sowing and reaping is a real thing. And sometimes, you know, for Eunice and I, like when we feel like when we have a need, um, sometimes what we'll do is we will sow, you know, a financial seed somewhere. I know that sounds like kind of prosperity gospel-ish, you know, but, um, but, uh, you know, like, I think the era of prosperity gospel is that, you know, is that, you know, all these blessings are just for our, 
you know, just for us to get rich and drive nice cars. Like, I think that is an error of the prosperity gospel, but I don't believe it's an error that God is a provider. I don't believe right. it's an error that, um, that sowing and reaping, you know, is a real thing. Um, you know, anyway, there's a lot we can say on that. I know that, you know, money can be a controversial issue because of how it's been handled in the church. But, um, but still, you know, even regardless of all the mistakes that have been made, it doesn't mean that that principle is not real. And sometimes we will, you know, just give a small offering in faith, you know, because we have a need. And um, I'm not saying it always works like, but over the course of our lives, we have seen that as we've been faithful to give um, and even sow these little, you know, offerings in faith, like the Lord has always provided for us somehow, one way or another. And so, um, you know, we really believe in that principle. There are so many more things we could say about this topic, but we just wanted to give you some of our initial thoughts. Overall, we just want you to know that God loves you. As God's people, it's our privilege to tithe and give offerings as a demonstration of our love for Him. If you enjoyed this episode and have any questions for us, please feel free to email us and maybe we can expand more on this topic in a future episode. We hope that you have a beautiful Christmas season. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a rating and review, and we'd be especially honored if you would pass along the podcast or recommend it to a friend. Before we sign off, I just wanted to mention one of the most popular services we offer, which is coaching for individuals and couples. So on this podcast, we're able to share biblical truth, practical wisdom, but we're speaking on in very broad terms. That's just the nature of the medium, right? Uh, but what coaching allows us to do is to get into the specifics of your story or your situation and apply these principles in a more focused way. And while we can't promise that we'll always find a solution or resolution, many times we've found that it's helpful for people just to have someone to listen and process life with. Sometimes that's actually what we need the most. Um, so if that sounds appealing and you're still not quite sure, we even offer a free 30-minute session for new clients. That's a great way to try out coaching with no financial obligation. Um, you can find more information about coaching or our other services at our website, thejourneyhome.global. And finally, if you want to connect with us, you can email us, you can connect by social media. All of the links to our accounts are in the show notes below. We truly love hearing from you, and we promise we actually will read and respond to your emails or social media interactions. Um, so thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.